0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Stacks. Uh, as always, this is Jay, the curator of The Stacks.
1: And I'm Shanna, the wanderer around her through The Stacks.
0: Sure. Uh, this <laughs> week, we're discussing the 1990 uh, John Patrick Shanley film, Joe Versus the Volcano. Uh, minor classic, kind of was a flop at the time, but... Uh, had a real second life on TV and video. That's where I saw it. Uh, That's I saw where I it a saw lot. it too. Yeah, it was always on TV in, in uh. like the early 90s. It was just a, 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 an afternoon TV constant. And I must have seen it 20 or 30 times. Who knows?
1: I've definitely seen bits and pieces of it before, but I think this is the first time I've ever actually saw the whole thing. And this is definitely the first time I've actually paid attention to it.
0: Right. Uh, so director John Patrick Shanley, he's most famous for writing Moonstruck. Uh, he, I think he won the Oscar for writing Moonstruck just before okay. this. Uh, and he didn't direct another film for like, I think, 28 years or something. His next movie was Doubt, uh, which also was really good, but a completely different kind of film. Uh, this one is sort of... <laughs> it's it's a unique thing. It's sort of alone with Hudsucker Proxy by the Coen Brothers as this very interesting '90s revival of uh, '30s and '40s screwball comedy.
1: Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you know what? I was I was trying to think of like what this reminded me of because there's just so much so much going on visually, but. I kind of got like a yeah a yeah, screwball comedy like the factory kind of reminded me of Looney Tunes
0: yeah like, there's that too uh, and and the other one it would be like German expressionism I I would say especially the factory and like the exterior design of the factory uh-huh. uh, stuff like uh, Faust or uh, Nosferatu and uh, Cabinet of Doctor Caligari it, it has kind of that sort of vibe these. These really expressive sets that sort of uh, don't so much reflect reality as reflect the mental states of beings of the characters. hmm mm-hmm.
1: Although I kind of found it, feel it felt like it felt like it didn't do that often enough for me. Or maybe it, True. it just, yeah,
0: it's, it's really only at the beginning.
1: At the beginning and um, the establishing shot outside his apartment. Kind yes. of did that too.
0: And just the in, the interior of his apartment as well, just how destroyed. Oh yes. <laughs> what what just total wreckage it is. like. I I think a lot of the locations chosen are very expressive. It's just there's sort of this formless area in the middle that they're on the boat, and and I think that's sort of the big problem area in the movie. For me, yeah,
1: yeah. I kind of once they got on the boat, I was just kind of like, okay.
0: It gets kind of sleepy. It's so good up until that point. Like, pitch perfect up until that point. And I don't dislike anything after that. It's just it loses a lot of momentum there. Uh
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, the character he ends up... um, What's her name? The character he ends up with on the boat. She's not as interesting as anybody else.
0: Uh, Patricia. Uh, one of several characters played by Meg... Or the the third of three characters played by Meg Ryan uh, in this yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize the uh, the office lady was the same person, too.
0: Yeah. Dee uh, Dee. Uh, so this is an Amblin production, Spielberg's company. Oh, okay. Uh, and interestingly, I, I really like this... You know, it opens as a very fairy tale, once upon a time opening. Uh, and they mention... A Guy Named Joe uh, is, like, you know, the first thing that comes up about him. And uh, that's the name of a movie that Spielberg had remade just the year before in 1989, which is interesting.
1: What, the movie's called A Guy Named Joe?
0: Yeah, well, his remake is co- is retitled as Always, but the original movie from the 40s was A Guy Named Joe. Oh, interesting. Uh, like again, the this sort of echoing of the forties into the modern era. Oh, it's interesting. I, I feel like that was intentional.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. There were the whole time there's this whole thing where I can't tell what era this movie takes place
0: in. Yeah. Uh it it feels very retro. Uh, And uh, like a lot of what we see is just completely unreal. It's very heightened and cartoony. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the island they go to is a weird cartoony fictional location. I
1: feel like it's extremely offensive, but I don't know to whom.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's sort of based on a lot of different tropes. But I feel like it's less offensive because it is totally fictional. That it can be absurd. (laughs)
1: The backstory for the island of of like how all these different people just wound up there and it, yeah they they gave themselves permission to go get a little silly and have uh who is it Abe Vigoda as
0: Abe Vagoda. Abe Vagoda is Chief Toby <laughs> excellent so excellent you know we we will get to him in that I I love how matter of fact he is in everything he says. <laughs> Uh, So we have Tom Hanks as Joe Banks. (laughs) I I like this. Banks rhyming with Hanks. It's just a guy named Joe. He's uh, an everyman. It's just
1: such a generic name too. like to go with. Like Tom Hanks has always been an everyman. And yeah, that's that's his thing. Um, But yeah, like Joe Banks is such a similar name it's to
0: tom like, hanks I, I exactly i just watched this movie and i'm thinking it's tom hanks tom hanks says tom hanks <laughs> and, yeah, and i feel like they even cast it that way it's like this is a tom hanks movie what are we gonna call him uh joe banks it's fine it doesn't matter we don't need a name it's a tom hanks movie tom On hanks, hanks banks? Banks? no wait um damn
1: joe banks yeah okay joe banks we'll do with that <laughs>
0: Cause like he was already established with Meg Ryan, you know, they, they had already done the movies together. They, they were like, you know, th- this was sort of, again, reaching back to the forties, you had these, uh, romantic lead couples, uh, that, that would be in a lot of movies together and they weren't actually, uh, romantic in real life, but they were just, they worked as a couple for audiences. And, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan is kind of one of the very few modern versions of that.
1: I didn't know that was a thing, actually.
0: It was a big thing in the 30s and 40s. You got like Myrna Loy and William Powell. Uh, Bogart and Bacall did a bunch of movies together. Just certain pairings that audiences <laughs> tended to go for.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking, isn't this like, aren't there like three or four Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's, there's and a, some at of, like, least a couple. Then at least one of them is a remake of a 40s movie. So you've got Mail is a remake of something. I think The Shop Around the Corner. It's I don't know. It's been a while since I have <laughs> caught up with those. Uh, but what's what's weird about this one is it's this fairy tale romance about quitting your bad job more than anything else. That like you gotta quit your bad job and feel better about your life, and that's where the romance is. You need to become your best self. Uh, and, you know, kind of in that way, it's also sort of about dysphoria, right? Just th- that's the state he's living in. And he needs to oh, become yes. the the version of himself that he needs to be uh, before he can feel right with himself.
1: Right. Because like for the longest time, he's he he has no personality at the beginning. He just he doesn't have one. the The work has just drained it out of him.
0: Yeah he's and just Joe Banks <laughs>
1: He's just He works in I don't even know it's like a copy room But he somehow works in advertising,
0: it's the advertising It doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah he's in the department I don't know if he does advertising I think it's like they place Print ads or something
1: Yeah but oh my gosh they, this, this is one of the, the Opening to this movie is one of the best openings For a movie I've seen yeah, In a it's, long time it's, it's a incredible. really good opening. Uh,
0: just um, from beginning to end, like I had not watched this movie in years, and just like starting to watch the opening, is like, wait a second, is this movie a complete masterpiece? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember the song from all the times I saw it, and I remember him like driving up and stepping in the puddle, and
0: Their horrible, yeah. horrible parking lot that's just Ugh. gravel and full of mud. It's like. I it's remember like parking a monster lot truck
1: places. rally dirt place, but you're supposed to park there.
0: See, like, so in in the 80s, I lived next to a school, uh, like an elementary school. The elementary school I went to, and there was there were like it, it was a gravel parking lot that was right next to my house that like served the school. And it was a gravel parking lot, so it would be like this all the time. You'd just get these big divots, full, like they're like yep. full of like two feet of water. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. their entire work parking lot at American Panoscope.
1: It might as well just be Acme Company or it's Amazon. It's basically
0: yeah. It's it's an it's a warehouse. It's a factory. It's the American factory of the '80s.
1: And the shot that where they reveal the factory, first, like you see like the colorful, brilliant, bright New York City skyline, or i, I don't know if it's New York City, I don't know where this actually is
0: I think it's New and York. then
1: in front of it is just this bleak of uh, gray like um brutalist, not brutalist, but like this fucked up factory
0: it's it's very expressionist it looks like something out of metropolis
1: yeah and, and they've got like these barred revolving doors it looks like they're all going into a prison
0: they look and, like they're cattle being processed
1: oh my god they do too and meanwhile you just hear this like the, all this is happening he's stepping in puddles and yeah. you just hear this You move 16 tons what do you get Another day older and deeper in debt. And it's it's not over when he goes into the factory. He's got to go down the stairs. He's got to punch in. Um.
0: And all of it has really intentionally bad flow control. Like really jagged, unnecessarily circuitous paths with just like stuff that you wouldn't want to walk over in between them that kind of force you to take these really unnecessarily jagged routes.
1: Yeah, like the the lightning bolt shaped walkway leading to the main entrance that everybody's just kind of single file going.
0: It's like a really annoying Mario Kart track.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like you just go in single file.
0: Everyone's in the same uniform gray.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't even look like a uniform, but it is because that's what people wore in the 40s. They got their trench coat and their hat.
0: Yeah, they're all just wearing the same thing, and it's all the same shade of gray. It's not like they, they have work uniforms. They're just drones.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it is all the same shade of gray. There's nobody with, like, a brown coat or nothing. No. And, and the factory's all gray, and there's this huge staircase descending down...
0: Well, we're two. in front of the huge billboard that says, Home of the Rectal Probe, 712,765 satisfied customers. I'm
1: 66 now.
0: <laughs> it goes up as they're going down the stairs as he takes the endless trek down just long staircases. Like, they couldn't just have an elevator? Nope. <laughs> no, of course not. Because no. the whole thing is designed to just grind you down. That's the whole purpose of it. And and then
1: I, is there anything before the office, or does he just get...
0: I think the basically, office is, yeah, he gets into his office, and it's just the lighting like is so shelter. bad. Oh. Yeah, the lighting is terrible, especially in his little, his tiny little corner where the lights just constantly flash.
1: they are those fluorescent lights, but they're like and they're flickering, and...
0: They don't work, right? And his boss... Work. Yeah, his boss is Dan Hedea. Uh, oh man. <laughs> oh my the, god. The face of Dan Hedea.
1: This guy's performance, he just comes in and all you hear in the background is him just going on I'm not arguing with that that with you, Larry. I'm not arguing that with you. I know we can get the job, but can he do the job?
0: And just I'm not just, arguing
1: that it just goes on over and, on and
0: over. The and exact same thing. To,
1: Yeah, he's saying, like, those three lines back and forth.
0: Teeny variations of them, of just this unseen Harry. Like, I'm not arguing that with you. I know he can get the job, but can he do the job?
1: (laughs) As as Tom Hanks is trying to hang his hat on the hat rack, and one of the hooks falls off. So he hangs it up on another one, and that hook falls off. (laughs) And the coffee is disgusting to look at
0: it's horrible and um, so like he goes back to his little back room and he has this little uh tropical lamp that plays a little bit of a melody and sort of soothes him under just the horrible lighting of the place
1: yeah it. yeah it's just this the only real flash of color that we've seen so far
0: yeah, and uh, Meg Ryan comes up to him uh, in her first role in the movie as Dee Dee, uh, one of the people in his office. Uh, and she asks, what's wrong with the shoe? Because like, he's he's trying to readjust the shoe. and he, <laughs> uh, His first line <laughs> in the movie, uh, right? I'm losing my soul. I'm losing
1: my soul.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, really, really good line uh, obvious double meaning. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, yeah. Dan Hadaya comes storming in there as his boss, Frank. Uh, and he's just sick of Hanks being sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Cause Tom Hanks has got like a, a, cold or something. Um, we find out what's wrong with him, but he's, he doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah. He's supposed to have a doctor's appointment later that day. Uh, and, uh, a day. it just is, is so <laughs> and like, so what you think I feel good? Nobody feels good.
1: Yeah. He, and he's like, you always feel second. Tom Hanks is like, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem
0: you see. Yeah. He was like, I, yeah, I'm, I do always feel bad. That, that is a big issue. And he mentions basically that he's been feeling this way since leaving the fire department. Although we don't really get much background on him being in the fire department yet.
1: Yeah, well, we don't get a lot at all, really, but
0: right, we like, get some. Ultimately, later on, we learned that, you know, he uh, saved someone or, like, he, he was injured or he was in, like, a collapse of a building or something and got out of it, and just... He has not been able to bring himself to do that again.
1: Right, right. Um. Yeah, what, what was... One thing that uh, that Dan Hidea said to him that like really was like, oh, my God, this is just my life is he he's pissed off that Tom Hanks doesn't have these catalogs or something for something for someone. And it's like, well, we ran out. It's like, why didn't you tell me? Uh, I told you three weeks ago and I told you two weeks ago. But did you tell me last week? No, I thought you had it under control. <laughs> and he's like, that's not good enough. And then he screams some more than as he leaves, he's like, I want those catalogs. And Tom Hanks is just like, well then please order them.
0: And <laughs> yeah, like, okay. And well, I'm like, yeah, wow, this them, is then. do it.
1: Literally my life. This is I have this conversation with my boss like every few days. <laughs> it's like, why uh, isn't this thing th- Why is this thing here? You didn't order it.
0: Like, I don't do the ordering.
1: You don't let me do ordering. I would love for this thing to be here.
0: Uh, So, next, he he talks to the doctor, Dr. Ellison, (laughs) who who is played by the incredible Robert Stack, you know, best known maybe for Unsolved Mysteries. That voice. That's who that was. That voice is so perfect for delivering his prognosis of the brain <laughs> cloud.
1: The brain cloud. Oh, yeah. So so it turns out that Hanks uh, has a terminal illness known as a brain cloud. Uh, that's...
0: You see, something must have happened. And you've got... A cloud in your brain. All the rest of these symptoms are unrelated. Uh, they're entirely psychosomatic.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he's a hypochondriac with a brain cloud, and he's like, oh, well, what, how long do I have to live? Six months.
0: Yeah, and I suggest you live it well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, if you have any savings, you should go on vacation. I don't have any savings, I... <laughs> I, I spent it all on the doctor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Very> <laughs>
0: Just clearly. like that. Just mm,
1: yes. Not not even like. Yeah. Not even like uh yeah like
0: like well yes, obviously yeah yes yep. like I I mean I I've been doing this so <laughs> here we are like he he says we would not have ever even found it uh if it weren't for all of these unnecessary tests.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But it's totally unrelated to how you're feeling. That's just the way you're like. All of that is just the way you're living your life right now. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> and so he goes to quit his job. Uh, so but first, he... first, first, there's this really great long r- shot from like across the street uh, to him coming out of the building and hugging a dog and <laughs> the oh, boy. Oh yeah. Dog, uh, to yeah. old man River. Uh, I, I
1: couldn't remember the song.
0: So, like, I, I think it's notable that both Old Man River and 16 Tons are, like, slave work songs. Uh-huh. That's their origins. Like, literally, those are work songs about slavery. Uh, and, you know, he is slaving away for nothing and killing himself and uh, hating every minute of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's obviously driving the point home a lot, but I like uh-huh. it. It's just an added layer there.
1: Okay, yeah, I didn't catch that. Um, I just thought it was funny how he was hugging the dog and the lady and they were just...
0: Cute. You
1: can not really see how they were reacting, but they were a little weirded out, right. it looked like.
0: Right, because we don't hear any words. We we see it from, like, a distance. It's just a really mm-hmm. long-distance shot of him coming out and he's, like, talking to the dog and then he starts hugging the dog. <laughs> <laughs> very cute. I yeah. cause like I I guess very notably this is just before Tom Hanks had his crossover into dramatic acting. He was still mainly a comedic actor at this point. Like known, oh, like yeah. for a physical comedy as well. He does a lot in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, this I it's hard to believe he looks so young in this. This only came out a few years before Forrest Gump.
0: Yeah, this is 4 years before I think, maybe 3.
1: Yeah, something like that, yeah.
0: And so he goes to quit his job. There's some fun physical comedy there. He's like playing around with a fake arm while he's doing it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, right. He's, he's got this He's got this arm. He's just kind of slapping the boss with it. And he's giving this speech about how he's like just ruined his life for $300 a week. Yeah. And and the guy, the boss like can't even believe what he's hearing.
0: Yeah, it's it, he's completely thunderstruck. He's amazed that the, this could possibly be said uh, and I, I love Tom Hanks moves like runs over into the other room where there's the main drain which has a sign on it that says do not touch and he oh, like yeah. <laughs> pulls the valve and nothing happens He's like what a chip come on i have got to open it or close it I don't know Yeah, it, I don't know because it's just a fake sign it's totally meaningless it's just another method of control and he's like you know how long I've been wondering what would happen if I touched that <laughs> and nothing happened nothing happens because it, it didn't was do fake anything. it was totally meaningless uh, and his incredible line to Hidea and like he zooms in to like we get a close look at him and he's got so much dandruff on his shoulders yeah it's, kind of gross.
1: it's really gross
0: and he like gets up close to him and he's like you look like a bag of shit stuffed in a cheap suit <laughs> <laughs> Uh he does just a whole great speech. It's it's such a fantastic quitting scene. Like an all time classic, I would say.
1: It's and then as he just as he's about to leave, he comes back in, says to the secretary, like, uh dinner at eight.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a romantic mariachi dinner.
1: Yeah. Um where
0: <laughs> I love this location. There's so much color. The the color in this movie is gorgeous.
1: And we cut, we cut into like, he's in the middle of explaining something. He's like, the
0: key to the universe is you. (laughs) She's just
1: baffled, dumbstruck. I love it.
0: Well, so this sort of gets to the point where, where it's sort of revealing what this movie is. It's a romantic comedy, but it's about the emotional labor of capitalism (laughs) <laughs> yes. You know, more than anything else, like it's there's not that much of a romance between the characters. It's both of it's two separate characters who come together, but in parallel, they're both just kind of becoming their better selves as they shed their you know uh, the jobs that they hate, the things that they that are ruining their lives. Uh huh. And Dee Dee is immediately scared off, of course, because he tells her that. Uh, he's dying, and she is freaked out by that.
1: Right. So, I guess he goes. Oh, is this where he goes back home? And
0: <laughs> Lloyd Bridges is there. Sammy yes. <laughs> oh
1: my God, this character.
0: This guy's um, a lot. He's got so much, so many accoutrements. I, I love the cane with the duck head. <laughs> cane and, with a. Duck and head. his, <laughs> his pipe has a figurehead on it, like a ship.
1: Oh yeah. Um
0: great.
1: And he's got like he's got like crazy hair.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a very eccentric billionaire performance by Lloyd Bridges. He's very fun. And yeah, he's just, he just in his house.
1: He, yeah, he basically just barges into Tom Hanks's house and is like, "Wow, your house is shit. It's dingy, dingy." It's like
0: <laughs> It's a
1: hole in the wall with his cane like just tapping it.
0: And there's already and, a bunch of holes in the wall just, like, shining light through.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like those, you know, those cartoons where you see, like, the wallpaper is uh, gone. So you see all, like, the brick and wood underneath. But it's, yeah, like, and that's how you know it's a shitty house. It's like that in real life.
0: Yeah. But, like, it's it's so bad that there's just holes straight through. Yeah, and, and, you see the and daylight, daylight coming, coming through. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But that's okay. This man has a proposal for uh, Mr. Banks to uh, get him out of this dingy apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so he first (laughs) reminds him about his heroic past as a firefighter. Yeah. And, like, okay, you have a way to be courageous and heroic again. And he tells him about his interests at Wapani (laughs) Woo.
1: Wapani Woo, I couldn't remember the name. They are. A tribe of, oh, gosh,
0: Pacific Islanders.
1: Pacific Islanders, but like
0: sort of,
1: sort of. Um, they they a like Pacific orange soda. Island. It's a Pacific Island. A boat got shipwrecked there like ages ago with like Portuguese Spanish. It's, it's and, yes. like it's just it's, the, the whole backstory is just an excuse to not really make an act like not really try to do an actual culture. Right. Just kind of make it like a funny hodgepodge. It's like, okay, we can pretty much do whatever we want with these guys now.
0: Yeah, they're sort and of. They uh, do. <laughs> they're ridiculous. They're they're a cartoon Pacific Island Orange Crush cult.
1: That's exactly what they are. Yes, but yeah, we <laughs> they uh, every ninety nine years somebody has to willingly walk into the volcano, otherwise it's going to erupt and uh, take out their island. And none of the islanders want to do that this time, so this guy comes up to Tom Hanks and is like, hey, why don't you do it?
0: Because they have something that he wants, like, for his business. It's something... I, I can't remember what it's called. It's like baboonu or something.
1: Some kind of... It's like a rare mineral that only exists on that island.
0: Right. And he wants it, so... You know, this is the trade. They give him or he gives them their sacrifice and uh, he gets exclusive access to this mineral. Yeah. And this is so obviously a scam with the doctor immediately. I didn't pick up on that. Actually. Oh, I, I thought it was really, really obvious because he mentions the doctor's name. Uh, In this, like uh, Lloyd Bridges or Granamore, he's like, uh, so I heard from Dr. Ellison about your (laughs) diagnosis. Yeah, but he's
1: a billionaire. He could just be that's that's what I chalked it up to is like, oh, he just has billionaire powers.
0: I guess so. Uh, Power of. But yeah, no. Whereas obviously the, the truth of it is that. You know, he was he got his doc his crooked doctor to find someone who would just do this for him. He's like, I think this guy'll probably fall for it and like, okay, this is our guy.
1: Yeah, see, I thought I thought the I didn't realize it was a scam. I thought the brain cloud was just a silly disease that only this one guy gets because his life is just that shitty.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that is also totally a plausible premise, especially in the 80s, you know? <laughs> you yeah. So. These. Or, or in the 50s or in the 40s, you know? Yeah. Once in a while, you, you have these periods of, well, I mean, magical diseases obviously exist.
1: Well, you got a brain cloud. Oh, he's got bubble knee.
0: Oh, that'll happen to you, you know? Yeah. At least Obviously, it calls for... Uh, what what are we gonna call for? Trepanation, maybe. <laughs> Great, cool. Electrolysis
1: of the bubble tea.
0: Super. Uh, here's where we meet our next intense single moment character. We get Aussie Davis as Marshall, the limo driver.
1: He's from The Wire, right?
0: No. Oh my think...
1: God, why do I think that everybody's in The Wire?
0: I mean, Aussie Davis is in a lot of stuff uh, uh you you have you seen my name is bruce no is it no. my name is bruce oh uh bubba hotep have you seen bubba hotep? no i haven't oh he's jfk in that oh um, wait what yeah <laughs> it's a fun Hold movie i will have to see it sometime yeah okay okay uh but yeah uh Ossie Davis just classic he he's really great in lots of stuff uh in in this he is the limo driver who is so intense about clothing. Oh yes.
1: Yeah cuz Tom Hanks so the, the guy paid him all this money it's like hey live it up before you drive into the or go into this volcano. So he hires a limo and uh, yeah he wants he wants to get new duds but he doesn't have a clue and he's like I don't know I want new clothes well what kind of style do you like i don't know so the limo driver pulls over stops the car he's like i'm paid to get drive out of a my... limo
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> get out Not of my car who you are this. yeah it's taken all my life to find out who i am and i'm tired now <laughs> that's a great line <laughs> yes yes it is and like um, you know he has this whole speech about how important clothing is and how clothing makes the man
1: yeah so he he ends up going with Tom Hanks anyway.
0: Yeah, um, he, like he gives his whole speech and he like pauses for a second. And he's like, "I'm gonna join you in the back seat," and like he he climbs in back and like they have a heart to heart. Yes, after <laughs> the limo first, driver. Yeah, after first being like. I don't want to know you. I don't. I don't want to learn about you. I don't have the time for it. I, the Ezra like, I, I, it's taken too long to learn who I am, and I can't meet anyone else. I'm tired of this. <laughs> like, okay, let's be best friends. Uh, <laughs> and they, they both go get get tuxes. They both look sharp as hell. hmm It's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, oh, and they get. He goes to the luggage salesman who the looks lug- like a. guy. He's only in for about thirty seconds. he's looks like a ghoul. He's like the most important thing in my life is
0: luggage. I love this guy so much uh his his line have you thought much about luggage? The line travelling light or heavy like heavy uh certainly the good good metaphorical stuff and he, so he introduces these incredible pieces of luggage and they're very very important to the movie
1: yes um they they turn out to be uh well they turn out to be one of the major settings where most of the action takes place but
0: right yeah they're very
1: important they're very important pieces of luggage and very nice i can't even imagine what those
0: they are asked. beautiful and yeah he as the luggage salesman is like you know if money were no object and i had the option uh this is the the piece i would go for and Tony was like i'll take four it's like may you live to be a thousand years old sir <laughs> uh, and the way they've seen oh i love it so much
1: it, it's so good and, and so they got the luggage tied up to the roof and to this to the back of the car because there's too much of it
0: well they're huge. They're just they're gigantic.
1: And watertight. This is very mm-hmm. important. They're watertight.
0: And like extremely durable. Uh he he talks about just they they will survive anything there. They they have like an incredibly long warranty. Mhm.
1: It, it, it's almost like the luggage from the Terry Pratchett books but not alive.
0: Right. It's it's just the perfect luggage. Yeah. Uh, And I want to note here that all of the people that he meets in this section are people who love their jobs and are great at their jobs.
1: You know what? Yeah, yeah,
0: these are just yeah. Their work, like they are self actualized by their work.
1: That's that's a good point. Um, I never never thought about that.
0: Yeah, I I think everybody
1: he meets after he gets out of the factory. Um. Yeah, yeah uh, I, well, I, except for maybe Meg Ryan's last character, it's hard to say
0: Yes, I would totally agree with that And that's sort of key because we need to get to a third version of Meg Ryan before she's And, and sort of a third and fourth version of Meg Ryan, basically, before she's ready to be uh, the ideal self Mm-hmm but, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that we get that contrast there if we have these few people who love their work and are happy uh, with the the way they're living their lives. And I think that's really interesting to sort of see as that progression as he's sort of uh, learning how to live a better life by mm-hmm. interacting with them. Uh, and also yeah. the music shifts. We get Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Lovely.
1: Nice, yep.
0: Uh, And yeah, and this is when we get Meg Ryan as Angelica, the the second one, the daughter of uh, uh, Lloyd Bridge's character.
1: This lady is something else.
0: (laughs) Meg Ryan is doing a lot the moment. Oh, yeah. So he's
1: landed in L.A. now. Yeah. Um, And she's there to pick him up. And uh, and, you know, they get to know each other a little bit, but. The first thing, like, one of the first things is, what do you think of Los Angeles? And he's like, it looks fake. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's doing a very strange voice for this yeah.
1: role. Yeah, I'm doing a very strange voice for <laughs> this role. Oh, you're not going to tell. It's It's weird. I don't know how to describe the voice.
0: It's very... It's kind of like she's doing one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. But like Yeah. My name's Angelica. It's it's sort of her doing one of those almost. And it's 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 a little bit absurd. And like immediately it's like, what is happening here? <laughs> Soon as she arrives.
1: Yeah, and she's like she's super colorfully dressed. A main thing is she specifically tells Tom Hanks. Not to tell her anything about what he's doing, because her father said that she's untrustworthy, but that's not the word that she uses. She uses, I want to say fizzle bucket, but that's not what it is, but (laughs) something like that.
0: Yeah, it is something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's
1: some ridiculous made-up word.
0: And I mean, she says this yelling at the airport, too. So she does seem... Kind of, yeah. uh, I don't know, not not super in charge of herself.
1: Yeah, she's not all there, it seems.
0: And like um, she takes him, I think first she takes him to dinner and then she takes him to like this really lovely over. A make point. Yeah, basically a make out point, but a, an amazing overlook over uh, yeah. Los Angeles to just see it from above, which, you know, as as talked about in. Los Angeles plays itself uh, the whole section of movies doing that where that's the best way to see LA from above and at a distance
1: and not inside (laughs) yeah they're saying it looks like it looks like we're above the sky or the stars are on the ground or something yeah Um, something like that Uh,
0: in in Los Angeles plays itself I believe the movies they quote uh, call it above the smog instead (laughs) Uh, but um, she sort of makes a pass at him, but not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't.
0: Seem... Sort of perfunctory, as if it like it's sort of something that she's supposed to do, but.
1: He he's not that into it.
0: No, it he doesn't really know what to make of it. He is weirded out by. Her talking like this.
1: <laughs> it, it's it's such an obviously fake voice, but.
0: It's <laughs> so weird.
1: It's so weird. It just feels right for this character. Yeah. Like, I think the implication, like, this is a, I think, a PG rated movie, so they couldn't go too hard. But I think the implication is she's on a lot of drugs.
0: Yes, I think so. I, I believe she is supposed to be pretty heavily drugged and kind of maybe sleeps with guys for her dad uh, to get them to do things for him
1: yeah yeah Um, is is another
0: impression i get from it
1: yeah that's kind of what i'm kind of what i was sort of getting it's like so your dad sent you here to sleep with this guy okay
0: yeah that does sort of seem to be implied in there but uh, but again only implied because it's a pg romantic comedy movie and there's a lot of really unusual stuff in this for a PG romantic comedy movie, which perhaps is why it didn't do so well. <laughs>
1: yeah, it I just needed a little bit more of an edge, maybe, to bring it into PG-13. But on the other hand, it's, uh, maybe it didn't. <laughs> maybe it didn't need that at all.
0: I, I mean, I kind of love almost everything about this movie, except some of the upcoming stuff here. Although, yeah. first... We are introduced to the third Meg Ryan and Meg Ryan Prime in the film Patricia.
1: <laughs> yeah, who calls him Felix?
0: Yeah, I'm calling you Felix because I do what I want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's she's the captain of the boat that's going to take him to uh, to the island.
0: Yeah, what um, uh, pony Waponi
1: What pony woo? Yes. Um,
0: she's... And in, uh, in in uh, recompense for uh, taking him there, she gets the yacht.
1: Right, that's why she's doing this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's got. So she sets him up. At, or is this bef- Shoot, I can't remember. They do like a bit of a fishing montage at one point There's where he catches a rubber
0: hammerhead. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: uh, <laughs> so bad. I love it. It's like a oh, rubber
0: hammerhead. Con- yeah. The, that that fish that they pull out is so weird and ridiculous looking. I really I like love that bit. It. I'm uh, glad but,
1: that it looks like some fake stupid piece of crap.
0: Completely agree. Like uh, it's
1: a toy. It's a
0: squeak it, it's toy. It's completely a squeak toy. Uh, but like a really elaborate one that they've, you know, clearly made for the film to make oh, it yeah, like but, a very looking. Yeah, uh,
1: but it it is essentially a squeaky toy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so absurd. I really like that, but I would say that most of the rest of the fishing business is a little meh. It it goes on quite a while. It's a whole montage. I think they uh-huh. play Good Lovin', <laughs> just like yeah, one of know. the big cliche romantic comedy songs that you hear in all of these. I think it's Good Lovin' by the Spencer Davis group or something. But yeah, it, you know, it it's just, th- this is the romance sequence and it becomes totally diffuse here. I don't Really know what happens in what order? They sort of come to like each other.
1: Yeah, like he he's sleeping in the cabin, or he's about to, and she just keeps she she does that thing that that uh, people do when like they're setting you up in a guest room, but they just won't leave. Right. Like, do you need anything? Oh, let me know if you get seasick. And then she decides to tell like her whole life story to him.
0: Right. Well, because and... you need her origin because she's the other main character.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're already probably about an hour into this movie. No, actually, no, we're not. Because it's like 40, they're on the water minutes for a ish. while.
0: They're yeah. on the water for a really long while. They're on and, the water and... for a long-ass time. Absolutely the flabbiest part of the movie. If this were edited a little bit more... If, if like this section were sharper, this would maybe be five stars for me
1: yeah, yeah this this is kind of where I fell off to, but <laughs> but there's there's something that happens a bit later that kind of pulled me right back in that uh, that we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, uh, but here, uh, there's a storm, I think going typhoon. on a typhoon, yeah, yeah, and uh i think he says like what's a typhoon oh you're gonna find out
0: yeah and um, she's very courageous in dealing with it and that really turns him on you know he he's into courage
1: yeah yeah even though he himself like <laughs> they're out on the on the deck like doing the thing to get the boat to not sink and he just goes underneath and like locks them up there
0: and uh, but then, you know, he, he is... Uh,
1: he he changes his mind pretty quick, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and she gets clobbered by the mast, so he <sighs> jumps in and he saves her, and the boat he, is lost.
1: The boat is struck by lightning.
0: The boat, that that's right, it is struck awful by lightning.
1: It's lot like the lightning from the freaking factory.
0: Oh yeah, completely, like the same shape of the path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it just... The boat just cuts in half and sinks So she's
0: She's unconscious The luggage
1: The luggage survived So he's got like this rope And (laughs) I love this part because like you see All the different floating pieces of luggage And you see him with this rope And then the next scene you see This perfect little like Two by two luggage raft And I'm like looking I'm like It would have taken him hours To make that it would unless it's so
0: hard. Unless this luggage is specially modular and built for this. Oh, it could be. Cuz it's it the perfect be. luggage. Like it opens. Like he can open up any of the luggage while it's still in use as a raft. That's how cool he, this luggage is.
1: And he does and he pulls out all the different shit that he that he he's bought. He's got with. like a
0: mini bar, he's got an umbrella.
1: Yeah, he's got a, like, a, a mini-golf thing.
0: Oh, yeah, the mini-golf.
1: That really... blows away in the wind. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, he's practicing for Castaway here. Of course, uh, he doesn't it's get a volleyball Castaway. Um, he doesn't seem to have to worry about food or water, though, really?
0: Well, he is. That, that's sort of what ultimately happens is uh, he's giving her water regularly, but yeah. he won't have any himself. So he's slowly becoming delirious.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But in this, like, little montage of them floating, little montage, they're floating for so long.
0: It's a a long montage.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, like, we, we don't see him slowly getting worse until, like, just at the end, he's, like, when she wakes up and he's all, like, blistered and everything.
0: Well, first we get this really great scene where... where she's still unconscious and we get just the moon rising like directly (gasps) out of the water
1: yeah yeah like like a big giant important moon
0: it's beautiful it's
1: it's gorgeous it really is it's
0: this it's like it literally rises from the water really close to him and it's just rises dripping and you know he just reveres it and it's it's just this incredibly visual scene
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad you brought that up because I've kind of forgotten this happened. But there was a the thing he says is like, "Oh God, whose name I do not know," and I'm like, "That's a good way to do it."
0: I like that. Yeah,
1: I like that too. It's like, okay, you're not you're probably not blaspheming against any religion. Not that I care about that, but you know, it's pretty inclusive, I think. I, yeah, I I just I just thought it was a neat touch because I never heard that before, and it's like, yeah, that that's cool. Okay.
0: hmm So it's like I think the next day that ultimately he finally just passes out from yeah. not having any water, uh, and he ends up being woken up by her. Uh, she's come out of her coma or whatever, uh, and very quickly she was they're saved a by few days. Her. Yeah, it must yeah. Have so been a the one.
1: islanders are like. Oh my god, they're ridiculous. They are ridiculous. They're so loud. They um uh, uh, they've got like their their necklaces, but the the one guy's necklace is just crushed orange soda cans. At like they've got like the
0: the, the crowns made of them.
1: Yeah, they've got like the 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 um the decorations where it's like you have one Thing of hair sticking straight up and two out the like the side. I don't know what that's called. But they're made out of soda cans.
0: Yeah, lots of soda cans and soda yes. bottles kind of worked into their whole aesthetic.
1: Yeah, and they're wearing like this is the most aside from the soda cans, this is the most generic, like let's just get some Pacific Island stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's very Pacific Island tropey. It, it's sort of based on a lot of different types of uh, pacific islander cultures uh like uh the orange soda thing uh hawaii itself is really big on spam spam is just huge in hawaii No oh, shit yeah so that so yeah so you know here we, we got the orange soda for that and, and it's just like a, a bunch of different little sort of things kind of sampled from different cultures because that's sort of what this is it's a culture yeah. sampled from a bunch of others uh an, an artificial one.
1: Oh, right the, the name of the island it means little island with big volcano
0: <laughs> and it is a huge volcano and not much island sticking to it
1: <laughs> yep yep um so they're they don't spend a lot of time in the village No, really, don't.
0: We meet Abe Vigoda, the chief Toby, who is absolutely great. He's so funny, every line because he's just incredibly matter of fact. He's so done with all of this. He's just like, okay, so you're gonna jump in the volcano then, right? All right, so we're gonna do this other thing, and then you're gonna jump in the volcano, all right?
1: (laughs) And yeah, he's like, all right, so let me ask again: Does anybody from our tribe want to jump in the volcano? No, okay, I guess it's you. <laughs>
0: uh they the, they do a whole thing where they're ready to they're they're each individually ready for the ceremony uh where you know Joe is uh he he's uh massaged and stuff but he's also like beaten with fish. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> and uh, they,
1: and she's getting like a total spa treatment.
0: <laughs> right, and like He's he's okay with the being beaten with fish, but as soon as one of them starts sucking on his toes, he's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is so... <laughs> so. So when he comes out, he's got a tux. Um, oh
0: yeah. Uh, so first, Avogoda does the thing, and he he asks, and there's the two two guys swing in as the gong to hit oh, the gong, Chris yeah, like crisscross
1: about that too they swing in from off screen and hit the gong with their body
0: so funny that's genius <laughs>
1: that's brilliant that's amazing
0: and and it cuts to vagoda oh, <laughs> <laughs> and and then joe does his big entrance in the tux and he's like take me to the volcano but
1: but first, Meg Ryan's like, "Well, here I want to marry you," and and Joe's like, "What? I don't."
0: Well, no, first, so they they go up the volcano. They have oh the yeah, whole yeah, they arch go up. up there. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're up at the top, and he he's like, "Okay, honey." So, uh, uh, any ceremony? He's like, no, you just jump in. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you don't have to do it. No, you just jump in. <laughs> just continuing the like come on get it over with i'm sick of this (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah, meg ryan's like well hold on why don't you marry us and tom hanks is like whoa 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 this has been too sudden and she's like what do you care it's only going to affect your life for literally 30 seconds
0: yeah Yeah, okay good point i love you too but the timing stinks uh and (laughs) he he goes to jump but the then like the she gets the chief to marry them that because the chief is able to uh, and it's a very similarly matter-of-fact marriage uh, performance. Uh, and yeah, this I is also, he has that recurring line, which he, I think, has said to each of the Meg Ryan's in the movie, the first time I met you, I felt like I'd seen you before.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. He says that.
0: And he says it each to each of them. of them, and he has, because they're all Meg Ryan, and i like I don't know, maybe there were other iterations oh of Meg Ryan in his life prior to Dee, Dee.
1: What if? What if that's who he tried to rescue from the building?
0: It could totally be. Could and, have been. You know, again, it's Tom Hanks as Joe Banks. It's just Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks, and she's Meg Ryan, so she is, you know, the ultimate perfect character. To she, she's the eternal uh, leading lady, right? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I really dig that.
1: So she decides she's going to jump down in the volcano with him.
0: Yep. Just kind of apropos, like, OK, I'm going to jump in with you. And they, they jump in together.
1: They jump in together. They don't talk about it for very long. Um, They're like, OK, well, I guess we're doing it. They jump in. Um, this and there's shot, a
0: geyser of steam.
1: This shot is hilarious because they go in, you see them going down and the geyser of steam just shoots them into the air. <laughs>
0: Whew, it's very cartoony.
1: <laughs> it's so cartoony. Uh, it's like something out of a the,
0: Popeye cartoon.
1: Yep, they landed the water like so far away from the island.
0: <laughs> Which yes, it's ex- starts <laughs> <laughs> it starts to sink.
1: It starts <laughs> to sink.
0: Because the volcano starts to erupt and they're going down, and like he, uh, the, the the sacrifice was rejected. I guess so. The the I island guess. is done. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. So they're in the ocean. Um, the island's gone. They they find the luggage, though.
0: Well, yeah, they they have a whole conversation like, well, what are we going to do now? We're screwed. It's Like, I wouldn't count on that. And then the luggage p- starts popping up. And it's like, oh, yeah. That <laughs> and, and, luggage. and he
1: builds the raft again.
0: Of course. And they yeah. uh, sail on to their future.
1: They're not going to get found in the ocean.
0: Who knows? Maybe they will. I mean, will. they
1: could. They
0: could, I mean this is a fairy tale, so I think yeah, they right. do I also they do. we don't find iris, she's the heiress to a fortune and they know she was there because that that was a job that she was sent to do there in that specific oh
1: place. yeah someone but, will be looking
0: yeah someone will be looking for them
1: also the the an island uh, just
0: an island an island uh, thing. they'll be
1: looking for survivors for you know what they, they they have a pretty good chance of getting found you're right.
0: Yeah, they kind of did the footwork on this one.
1: Yeah. Now, now, when they were off, drifted off to sea the first time, not so much. They should not have found that
0: island. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's okay.
0: But yeah, so that's Joe versus the that's volcano. It. That is the end. What a great movie!
1: It's really good, really good, um, really striking visuals when that when it Looks wants so to. Good.
0: Mm-hmm. especially at the beginning like a really amazing opening i i love all of the design of the factory just every element of it both like when mm-hmm. we see just the model when we see all of the walkways just the the cattle processing entrance great yeah yeah
1: and, and like in like in front of the skyline like no this is the important thing of the city yeah and, and if it's new york i don't I don't know New York that well, but I don't think there's a lot of room for a place like this in New York. But oh, well,
0: maybe it's like in Jersey. Maybe this is in Vulcan. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, the nothing but trouble cinematic universe.
0: That's right. This is part of it. Tom Hanks was in it, too. Who knew?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the billionaire is probably friends with the judge.
0: I mean, he would have to be. He'd have or, to be. I don't know. I mean w- would they like each other? I I'm not sure. Maybe Lloyd Bridges sounds like a fun eccentric billionaire. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, he he also seems to be wanting to mine people's rights out from under them. I I'm envisioning a cinematic universe where Lloyd Bridges is the one who screwed JP back in the day. Mm, out of his fortune. He's the banker. He's the bad banker
1: From like the, the 1890s <laughs>
0: Yes <laughs> He's kept alive by Dr. Ellison, Robert Stack
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah It's an unsolved mystery how I'm keeping you alive
0: <laughs> That's all we need Yeah, that's that's perfect It was very difficult to do
1: <laughs> Yes uh, re- Really good movie Really Which is great, um, yeah I had not it seen does it drag in the kid. middle, but then yeah. it wakes you up when you get to the island,
0: right? Uh, and like, there's some good stuff in there's good stuff the boat in section. The I yeah. really like the moon thing, and and that yeah. sort of comes right at the end of the whole boat sequence. Uh, but yeah, the boat sequence is a little flabby. Otherwise, I think the movie is kind of almost perfect. It's so interesting visually. It's so. There's so many great character performances. Just yeah. all these one-offs.
1: Yeah, that's that's basically what the whole movie, or at least the whole first half of the movie, is. Just all these, just all these characters entering into his life for like a few minutes at a time, and they're all just so much more alive than he is.
0: And he grows more alive through meeting them, mm-hmm. and experiencing them. Yeah, and it it has kind of a stage feel it feels like something that maybe was more written for the stage
1: it does like like that moon thing for sure yeah Um, yeah but but yes actually it does feel it does kind of feel like that because it would make a good stage play you wouldn't have to modify a whole lot
0: yeah absolutely uh but yeah totally great uh one that i had not revisited for many years and i'm Glad we did, because it rules. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Completely slipped under my radar
0: all this time. Uh, So that is replaced in the stacks with Minor Premise, which is a pretty recent movie, I think from 2020. And it's about this guy who uh, tries his own science experiment on himself, and it fractures his psyche into 10 distinct competing parts that uh, and he's just trapped in his apartment dealing with 10 different versions of himself or something. Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. That, it, Sounds interesting. I, I don't really know much about it. I know that it has uh, Bobby from Twin Peaks and his daughter cool. is one of the main characters in it as well. Like oh, his, nice. his real life daughter is one of the main actresses in it.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, that, that's everything Are there. Any last thoughts before we head on into part two? Um,
1: yeah, Joe never really fought the volcano. Oh, no, he did. He did. He versus the volcano. The volcano was like, no, get out of here.
0: Yeah, the volcano just slapped him out of the way and like, nah, get out of my town. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that's 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 about all I got.
0: Uh, Joe versus volcano. Volcano one. But uh, so did Joe. It's that kind of movie.
1: So did Joe.
0: So did Joe. And we are back and talking about our second film, Your Vice is a Locked Room, and Only I Have the Key. Uh, fantastic, fantastic title. Uh this film directed by uh, I believe it's Sergio Martino, correct?
1: Yep, yep, that's right. Sergio Martino,
0: who Great Italian I'm not director. Familiar with. Uh, I have seen a number of his movies, mainly the film's released by arrow a handful of other ones uh he's very interesting he does a lot of cool exploitation stuff uh a lot of plezioteski uh, and giallo stuff that i've seen from him and he's one of the best that i've seen in those genres
1: cool yeah so your vice is a locked room and only i have the key but maybe you got to jiggle it a little bit and i don't know sometimes it just doesn't want to go i just wanted to to say <laughs> that um yeah, uh it's it's an interesting movie starring Luigi Pistilli as Oliviero, who I hate. I hate him. I, not the actor, the character.
0: The the I, main I guy who yeah, who the guy. runs the estate. I kinda hate both of them. They're they're I, both assholes.
1: I kinda hate everybody in yes. this movie.
0: My my argument is that the only protagonist in this movie is Satan.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Satan's the closest thing we have to a hero.
0: Uh Satan, we we should say the the black cat owned by Oliviero.
1: Oh, I wasn't going to clarify it all ever.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> Satan <laughs> but, is yes, the black Satan cat. Is a black uh, cat. The, the titular black cat cuz this is based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat very loosely.
1: Okay, yeah, cuz I haven't I haven't read The Black Cat, so I don't know how good or or how true or not true to it this is
0: it has the basic bones of it so the the overall concept of the black cat is there's a feuding husband and wife uh the cat is owned by one of them and hates the other one so you got all that in there that that is a portion of it uh and i in most versions i've seen this is for whatever reason one of the favorite stories for Italian filmmakers to make I've seen so many different versions of the black cat like this is from an arrow set uh, two black cats so it's also full cheese the black cat with it
1: oh I thought it was like a sequel to this
0: (laughs) no it's just another movie based on the same short story I think that one even more loosely as I recall I watched that one last Halloween Uh, it's (laughs) really bonkers okay Um, (laughs) And I've seen at least one other more recent one by that name. And, you know, I've seen at least two or three Hollywood versions of this. It, it's so commonly filmed. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the the husband tends to always throw parties and the wife hates parties. Uh, and it comes to a boiling point. Someone ends up walled up in the cellar. Uh, and usually the cat is how they find them. So all of that stuff is in here. But this one uh, also adds in. The beating of the in, telltale cat. Yeah, basically, it's it's essentially the telltale heart, but with a cat. You know, Poe had some themes, mm-hmm. but like, uh, this sort of adds in a slasher plot. Like this sort of becomes a jalo. There's these murders happening, and we don't know who's committing them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a few who. Who we still aren't completely sure about, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Like,
1: uh, who killed Captain Alex? (laughs) Who? Who killed the person who the woman who got off the train? Who?
0: I have no idea. Yeah, Uh, because it's not. uh... I I would say that I kind of like Oliviero more than I like the wife, who ultimately I think is the real villain in the movie. Oh, she
1: is. she totally is, but his
0: they both suck, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, just I don't know what it is. It's like his face and his hair i i I hated him before I found out that I needed to hate him.
0: I do like I, I that can't... he's just into throwing big hippie parties that like he's he's not very precious about his wealth or status or anything,
1: yeah, he so. We begin in one of these parties that he throws. He's a he's a writer or former writer or whatever. He has a big
0: vaguely associated with the counterculture. That's really all we need to know for him.
1: Yeah, he's like also obsessed with like this queen or this uh, saint or something that he happens like that he's got. Or no, it's his mother. That's who it is. And he's got like this Renaissance painting of her or or something like that, a Victorian painting of her in like this Victorian dress. Um, she's anyway, she's she's dead before the movie starts.
0: Yeah. And he still has the dress hanging around and the dress is very important.
1: Yes, yes. So we begin at one of these parties that he just invited all these people from like a nearby campsite or whatever. Yeah, it's not really clear. It doesn't really matter.
0: Some sort um, of hippie camp.
1: They're all teenagers and he's like this 50 something guy who wants, who probably wants to fuck all of them, but he's also a giant dick bag. So the first thing he does, uh, he like, he looks at his wife. He's like, Oh, are you not drinking? And, and before she even gets to respond, he empties the fruit bowl and then just takes everybody else's booze and pours it into the fruit bowl. And then forces her to drink it. This this whole thing, and everyone's just kind of like, "That's weird and gross."
0: Yeah, it's um, just kind of an asshole thing to do. But in his defense, she sucks. <laughs> she sucks.
1: Yes, but
0: I don't. We don't know why that these yet. two people are together at all. No, no. I'm so not, that not that would all. that would be a really key element in this movie is that these two completely hate each other and are sort of total opposites. Everything about them is. Uh, Incompatible There seems to be no clear reason Why they would have ever been together
1: Yeah I can't imagine that There was ever a time when these two ever Liked each other that she would have Ever successfully seduced him or If he would have swept her off her feet I don't see that Ever having had Happen
0: yeah I mean Like Poe was writing in a period Where arranged marriages Were still more of a thing I don't feel that that really applies To the 60s uh, or the 70s. Oh, super doesn't. So it's really weird and it feels off. Like, I don't know, maybe it's when his his artist passed, when he was a successful artist and now he's just sort of become this dissolute guy who drinks and like has, throws hippie parties and doesn't do anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, could be that. Or it could be, like... Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, like, her... His mother was a count or something. Maybe she married him to get the money. Oh, my God. She married him to get the
0: money. She did marry him to get the money. We know that because that's kind of ultimately the plot. Well, that's... Yeah, (laughs) we find that
1: out, like... Yeah. Yeah.
0: But... Um... It doesn't really seem clear why he was interested in her at all, because he doesn't really seem to like her at all. No. And why would he? She she sucks. Uh, She sucks, but... Everybody sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Except Satan. I love Satan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So after the party, uh, after everyone kind of clears out, uh, she shows up. Like, she left after the whole embarrassing punch bowl fruit drinking beer thing. Uh, she shows up wearing the dress and he's like, how dare you wear that? That's my mother's dress. And she's like, does it turn you on?
0: Ooh, wrong answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he, I can't remember exactly what he does, but he's violent and shitty.
0: I think he slaps her.
1: He slaps her. He he does that a lot.
0: There's a lot of slapping. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of slapping in front of bottles of J&B, you know, classic accoutrement yep. of the shallow film the j and b bottle get used to seeing those <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's this guy whose whole job is to just deliver him all this booze every day
0: yeah and he's really important to the plot because like he's the only one he's like their only connection with the outside world in this huge villa which we've even seen a lot of these yeah, huge villas yeah. in the movies we've covered oh.
1: Oh, I forgot, like, he also has this black servant, uh, maid.
0: Quasi-servant? Because they they mentioned later that she was just, like, one of the hippies who was maybe sleeping with him. Oh, right, and he
1: made her into a servant.
0: And she just kind of ended up being sort of a maid as well, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so he basically says... Basically says, like, oh, well, losing the colonies to get uh, Brenda, that's definitely worth it. I'm like, Uh, uh, yeah, super racist, of course. Um, Yeah, so he basically parades her in front of the party and, like, fondles her in front of. Yeah, so it's It's gross.
0: They're they're just so they're they're ugly rich. it's, It's a really interesting element of, like, 70s euro horror sleaze you you would see a lot of just the the they would delve into the ugly rich you, you would see just a, a lot of uh horrible excess and just it, it's a great place to set a horror movie because you want to see everybody die in this situation it's great it's it's sort of perfect
1: yeah, yeah so um we, we cut to the next day he's in like a bookstore I don't know what he was originally doing there, but he's hitting on the bookstore lady who we learn, uh, he taught her in high school.
0: Right. Cause he is a teacher uh, previous to being a writer, I guess. And now yeah. he's just sort of nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So um, he's, he basically says to her like, uh, Hey, meet me at the same, meet me at the same place. And, and she's like, "Well, or no, he's like maybe in the same place, but I might not be there." And she's like, "No, you don't get to do that. You basically you started this whole thing, so now you gotta go to this. You started this, so you gotta do this with me." This mm-hmm. is basically what she says. So she goes to the place, and it's really dark. I couldn't really see what was going on here, but she gets slashed.
0: Yeah, we we have the first of several very giallo style murders where t- they're just slasher scenes and they're quite brutal, very uh-huh. bloody. And I don't know ultimately who did this.
1: <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the one that we don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Cause maybe yeah. it's our guy, but maybe it isn't.
1: Yeah. it It could go either way.
0: I don't really uh, know why.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if it is um, him.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it would be – so I think this killing was just the random person who escaped from the psych ward in a throwaway line later on.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess so.
1: And that's probably who killed the sex worker, too.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Just a weird coincidence, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it, yeah, because she – she ends up getting killed, and then the cops show up at his house the next day.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're and, pretty impressed by him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's funny. Like they're, they're like, this might upset your wife. Uh, so, And he's like, well, we don't have any secrets. So it's like, okay, so when you were going to cheat on your wife with this woman, <laughs> uh, she got stabbed. It's like, oh, I didn't do it. I was here the whole time. And the wife's like, oh, yeah, she was here or he was here the whole time. Yeah. So they they get rid of the cops. And then it's like, why did you why did you lie for me? You could have turned me in for that or whatever. Anyway, I was I was driving and I got a flat tire. Don't forget it.
0: Right. Yeah. This this is the real story. Yeah. The real story. Mm -hmm. I was. Yeah. So maybe it is. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it is.
1: We don't know. She's investigating, though. She goes to see if, you know, one of the tires is flat and she checks out the spare tire and he catches her. He's like, I got it repaired at the shop, you stupid bitch or whatever. And he's just he's all shitty to her. Yeah, probably slaps her. And then somehow Brenda, the black maid, uh, gets it in her head to try on this dress the the fancy dress the macguffin dress
0: right and this leads to her also being slashed
1: she gets slashed too yes uh in the dress and the wife sees her body as he's coming up as the guy is coming up the stairs so obviously you know she's to think that he did it he doesn't seem all that distraught over her corpse, though.
0: No, he is kind of blasé about it, and he's more practical. He's like, "Okay, we've got to go hide this. We we've got to deal with this right now." Because yeah, what will people we, think?
1: We can't call the cops because they'll think they'll blame this one on me too. In fact, you probably think I did this one. And she's like, "Well, yeah."
0: I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean.
0: Come on. Yeah. Uh, so they hide her in, they like they wall her up in uh, the wine cellar.
1: Yeah, yeah. They wall her up in the wine cellar.
0: And I guess uh, we haven't really established much with Satan and the antipathy that Satan has toward uh, the, the lady. What's her name? Irene. Irene. Uh, Irene and the cat do not get along. They really hate each other. Uh, Irene keeps... A cylinder of doves out on the front lawn.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the cat keeps trying to get into them.
0: Cat um, wants those birds. Important cat, to the plot. Yep, yep, <laughs> important. Again. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: cat hates her, attacks her every chance it gets.
0: Yeah, um, it knows. Yeah, cat and knows. And she's
1: she's like, "Well, I'm going to poison you, you stupid cat." And uh, yeah, yeah, so that. There's a lot of back and forth between her and the cat.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's around this point as well that the cat gets in and uh, or maybe the cat gets in. Something kills some doves.
1: Oh, that's not till quite a bit later.
0: Oh, is that later? OK.
1: Oh, yeah. that That's
0: more. Early. That's
1: towards. Yeah. Uh, no. Next is the the niece shows up.
0: Oh, yeah. The niece.
1: Yeah. Uh, that weird thing. So his uh, niece is coming into town on a train. And and uh, yeah, so they they're waiting for she invited herself over to his place, which was, I guess, a thing you could do back in the
0: 60s. That that was a thing you could do, like up to like the 80s, even where just like people would show up and they'd be your guests. That sucks. Oh, man if ever Can you showed imagine up my door... doing that? <laughs> God, that's an act oh, of yeah. terrorism. Come yeah, on. And no,
1: if you ever showed up at my door unannounced, I wouldn't even hear the knocking. And even if I'm... I heard the knocking, I wouldn't even hear the knocking.
0: That'd be unacceptable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just shoot me a text first. Be like, hey, that, that's all you got to do. It's all you got to do. All you got to do. But no, she just shows up um, on a train. And we have a a, a little bit of a. Colorful people on the train scene Here we've got a uh, a Sex worker being hit on By some military guys Yeah And we have a weird uh, Sinister Looking man with grey hair who looks Like he should be in a different movie
0: Right You gotta have and, lots of sinister people Lurking around in a giallo
1: Oh yes Yeah and I think that's actually it and then the niece shows up. Who is? I liked her at first. I really liked her at first. You can guess why.
0: She's young, young and hot. hot.
1: She's so hot. But she—it uh, turns out she sucks. But we will find that out later.
0: We should know because everybody sucks. Everybody
1: sucks. Except Satan. And, except Satan and maybe the dirt bike guy.
0: Oh yeah, the dirt. Maybe bike he's guy. okay. He might be all right
1: maybe uh so they they take the niece home and he oh okay he wants to fuck his niece right um because she's hot now she apparently wants to fuck him
0: yeah she's Um, totally into it
1: yeah but she also fucks the wife
0: right she Um, she's into getting with everybody uh she she wants that money
1: Oh, yeah, she wants the money. Uh, <laughs> but like after the first after the first day, like uh, the, uh, the guy's like, well, my wife is ill or sick or whatever. She's not feeling well. And she's like, oh, does she need anything? No, she's fine. She's sick. Just leave her alone. Turns out he locked her in the cellar with the cat.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that that's a thing he does and just lets the cat tear her to shreds.
0: Yeah, just constantly attack her because the cat hates her.
1: The cat hates her. Um, but that's gross.
0: No, that's yeah. Gross. This guy
1: is so gross. I just I hate his face. But he, he doesn't die yet. He doesn't die for a little bit.
0: No, uh, he
1: doesn't die for a long ass time, actually. Uh, let's see. So after that, we cut to the the sex worker, I think
0: the second slashing
1: yeah the second or the third slashing cuz there was A the third, right. brenda right
0: uh,
1: now this this slashing is weird because it's dark but we do clearly see the slasher's face and it's not anybody that we know
0: yeah so i presume this one has to be the escapee from the mental institution yeah what i'm not this sure is it has if, to be yeah w- what i'm not sure is how the others tie into that
1: uh, I can tell you how Brenda tied into it, but uh, the first one is not
0: super. Yeah, it's clear. not really clear.
1: Actually, maybe it is because the slasher uses the same weapon here as with the the first lady, but which is like a weird curved knife or mm-hmm. like a knife with a hook at the end, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a unique weapon, and I don't think we see that get used on Brenda.
0: Okay, so presumably think. then these other two are this other guy and unrelated to the main storyline. Uh, even though they kind of th- parallel yeah. it in a couple ways and come close to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so the uh, the slasher kills kills the sex worker and the madam, and then. I guess the next day the cop is talking to the guy. It's like, oh, yeah, it's this guy who uh, just escaped from the mental hospital. So you're in the clear.
0: Right. He's gotten away with it. And but they they still has that other body hanging around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He still has the body of Brenda. And he still doesn't he, he still doesn't know who killed Brenda because spoiler alert, it wasn't him. Right. I don't think he kills anybody. No. Let's see. So I think it's around here that the that the cat gets into the dove thing,
0: or something happens to the doves and it gets blamed on the cat.
1: It gets blamed on the cat because it's we unclear. See sc- scissors hanging on the cage and a hole cut in the fence, like the chicken yeah. wire. Yeah, so exactly. So somebody did that, and then there's dead doves. So she, obviously she thinks that he did it, and then the cat got in.
0: Yeah, so, so she, she finds attacks the cat. the
1: cat and stabs its eye out with scissors.
0: Yeah, and then the whole rest of the movie we don't really see the cat, but we hear it. We hear it at different at points. All over uh, we place. see
1: the image of its face sometimes. But the cat the cat itself is actually gone.
0: It's yeah. not anywhere. Well it's it's with Brenda. Right. Well, well, I I'm not or, clear at at I what point. I think it's for the guy. Well, it's I hard don't know. to say it because it's not clear at what point it is. Because ultimately, we we see the cat in in the wall at the end. Spoilers, but that's basically every version of uh, the black cat. Uh, but it's it's unclear if that's there before because we also see like flashes of the cat like running from place to place just. At the corner of people's eyes and stuff So it may be That the cat is just Around for a while yet It's not clear at what point It's a ghost cat
1: I think this is the point It becomes a ghost cat Could be Because I think she probably killed it here
0: Maybe Because she doesn't think she did No, She but does it went feel that the cat it... is continuing to stalk her
1: Oh yeah But it realistically the cat probably died from his wounds
0: maybe this is a weird movie
1: this is a weird movie we we don't get an update on the cat's condition
0: yeah it's just at at some point uh, we and we don't know when because we it's a reveal at the end that it's a ghost yes oh
1: my cat is looking at me with big black eyes and she's oh boy i'm gonna get pounced on soon (laughs) Um, So we we have we basically have uh, the niece hitting on the guy who delivers the truckload of booze every day.
0: Uh, Is this also when he delivers the two cardboard cones?
1: Cardboard cones, I think. I don't remember what was up with
0: that. (laughs) Okay, there's a part where she there, there are these two cones of cardboard and just like what is in these and she opens it up and it's after she's eyeballs the (laughs) eyeballs the most incredible sequence in the entire movie yes so because the cat likes
1: sheep eyeballs yeah she satan (laughs) loves sheep eyeballs (laughs) shortly (laughs) after she stabbed the cat all these eyeballs just pour out of this thing onto onto her table and she's freaking out it
0: is just an incredible surreal moment of just this her like huh I wonder what's in here and just eyes pouring out They're <laughs> like ah! <laughs> yeah I and don't remember he's like, like what's the big commotion like I know you may not like them but Satan loves to eat sheep eyes or something like that <laughs> yeah
1: uh, yeah so she's kinda she, she, she's kinda being mentally tortured right now but I, I still think at this point I still thought it was the guy doing it Right, but um, it's not. It is not the guy doing it.
0: No, well, he he is just a guy. Does he's his, just doing his own his thing. Own
1: abusive shit. He he doesn't do the supernatural shit.
0: Yeah, no, he he's just his own drunken, dissolute asshole self the whole time. There are no ulterior motives beyond him.
1: No, no, he just wants to be shitty and fuck things.
0: Yeah, he he's just a, a rich drunk asshole, and that's his whole deal. Everybody else is fake down to the core.
1: Yeah, he's the only one who's not lying about anything. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. At so they they uh so there's the niece has this whole like romantic subplot going on with the beer delivery guy. Yeah. Um he does dirt bike races on the weekends. I guess.
0: Uh, he, <laughs>
1: He lost because his bike broke down, but then
0: he. I takes, totally forgot this whole dirt bike plot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's we can pretty much gloss over it. It's just like, hey, let's film some dirt bike shit.
0: Woo, dirt bikes!
1: Yeah, so then he takes her up into this hay loft, and uh, I guess he doesn't have a house for having sex, and, and they fuck there, and, and the guy, the guy Oliviero, comes up the stairs and watches, and like. Where is this hayloft that they're fucking in that he can just see them there?
0: Well, presumably it's part of his estate. Like I I guess I'm guessing so. she took him back here, but like I don't know why she didn't just take him to a room. They have a huge estate. There's probably dozens of rooms. Well, she
1: we find out later. She knew that he'd be watching, Well, the yeah. guy would be watching. So yeah. it,
0: that's it probably was why. Thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it's this whole thing. Everything is a whole thing with these people. Yeah. Um so yeah they they fuck and then at some point she fucks the guy they have a picnic uh they have a picnic uh where mean oh, so the the niece is playing all the angles here because we see her well, she's like sleeping
0: with every other character
1: yeah she she you <laughs> see her bonding with Irene and being like okay well I'm on your side no matter what but she's very definitely not and uh but later on we see her like talking to a, Oliviero about how best to kill Irene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she knows about the bodies too because Irene told her about them. So right. they're having this picnic up on this ravine or whatever. And it's like, you know, you could, and she, and he's walking around like taking in the view and the two girls are talking and the niece is like, you know, you could just kill him. There's like a zillion different ways you could do it. And he's like on the edge of this cliff
0: it was like, for instance, you know, he could just, you know, fall, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't but do But of course anything. they don't. Yeah. Yeah. We have a few, I th- think we have a few more scenes of, oh, she, the wife watches him fuck the niece through a door at one point.
0: Yeah. And There's a lot that's... of voyeurism. There. A this is a. This is a very sleazy Jello. This is. Oh yeah. uh, A super sleazy one. There's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of sex. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's nasty. <laughs> it's.
1: Yeah, and, and re- remember, this is this is her niece, or this is his niece. That his he's niece. fucking. His niece, his sister's kid. Um. Yeah. So, he he's basically. Talking about how he wants to get rid of her. Uh, to the niece. Everybody's
0: plotting to kill everybody else at this point.
1: Yeah. So. She comes up to him in the
0: typewriter room.
1: Basically just stabs him with scissors. Yeah. Uh, she being the wife does that is. Right. And they wall him up in the thing with the maid. Oh, that's right. Because what he said was. I've got more. I've got more space in this. I got enough space in the cellar for her, too. Like, he's going to kill her and take the niece to wherever. Um, So, yeah, she kills him and puts him in the wall. Uh, But she keeps every time she's doing anything, she keeps hearing the cat.
0: Yeah. Or seeing it out of the corner of her eye. She hears it meowing or yowling Mm -hmm. a lot. And other people do, too. Yeah.
1: Here we find out that the whole reason the niece was here was uh, to get the aunt's or the, the mother's jewels that -hmm. the guy inherited that are like ugly as sin, but like super valuable.
0: She wanted to steal them back.
1: Yep. And then she's going to go right off with dirt bike man into the sunset with these jewels. That's her plan.
0: Doesn't work out.
1: Does not work out. She, uh, Irene convinces her to stay the night Um, and then the next morning she leaves and, uh, oh gosh. Oh, right. Yeah. The next morning she leaves and remember that sketchy, uh, gray haired man from the train who was supposed, who looked like he was in another movie and has not shown up since. So he, he shows up. His name is Walter. (laughs) And he is her hitman slash lover. The the wife's hitman slash lover. So the plan is he killed Brenda to, to blame it on Oliviero after the first person got randomly killed by someone else.
0: Yeah, very complicated plot.
1: Very complicated plot. Um, she wanted to get revenge on Oliviero for I missed what but she apparently he killed because he sucks yeah she killed his mother and has been just slowly making his life hell but it's like she's kind of made her life hell too by staying with this guy so i don't know
0: she, well and she also sucks they,
1: she sucks too
0: they all she, suck
1: she wanted the jewels so this walter guy uh puts an oil slick out where the uh, dirt bike guy is going to be driving and, and they, they fucking crash.
0: wipe out, <laughs> they wipe
1: out, um, they die instantly. And then he lights them on fire for good measure after taking the jewels.
0: Yeah. Uh, big blaze. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yep. yep. A hell of a crash.
1: Oh yeah. So they go to the, the cliff where they had the picnic before where, you know, she could have just pushed him off. And he's like, I got the jewels and now we're going to do our evil thing. And then she shoves him off the cliff. Of course. Yep. And then she gets back, having gotten away with all this murder and gotten all these jewels and gotten all the revenge.
0: And the police show up.
1: The police show up. And <laughs> the cops show up and they're like, hey. Oh, why did the cops show up? Uh,
0: The cops show up. I don't remember what their purpose was. They were just like, I think it oh, was to inform right. about the crash.
1: No, no. The, the, the cop showed up because an old woman saw the wife
0: oh, right.
1: stab the cat. And right. it's like, you know, this is a crime, too. We have to investigate this shit, too. Right. So they go into the house.
0: So she's been charged with animal cruelty. And they hear yes. the cat meowing the whole time. They're like, we should go check that out. It's kind of pertinent yep. to what we're here for
1: yep and so they go into the cellar and they're like listening for it and listening for it. uh, the one cop moves a barrel and sees a hole in the plaster. It's like there's a hole in the plaster, and it looks like it was made from inside
0: dun, so they dun, dun, obviously they gotta break it open, and
1: yeah they gotta break it open um there's all the bodies and the cat, which yeah. is interesting because. You know, this is this is how you know it's supernatural because she did not bury the cat here. Right, she didn't even find the cat. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in jail. She's fucked.
0: Yeah, everybody um, loses.
1: Everybody loses except for the cop.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting variation on on Poe's The Black Cat. Uh, very like heightened heightened sleaze version uh with a mix of giallo with the like the several slashings taking place in it it's a weird mix it's quite odd
1: yeah it it's there's slashings but there's no slasher
0: right i mean there is but he gets there, caught after two. there's like a two. bunch of
1: different people doing the killings
0: yeah it's it's very very strange
1: it really is cuz i was uh, like they really want you to think that Oliviero is the killer. But I noticed the I noticed the real killer, the the Walter guy in the train. I'm like, this guy, I bet this guy's important.
0: Yeah, he's just and got one forgot. of those faces.
1: Oh, yeah. Like he looks he, he looks like he would be like. He looks like the cleaner. Yeah, He, he looks like a mob cleaner.
0: Yeah, and he he is kind of that guy. Except he kind he's of is. Just, he's just working for the lady. Maybe I mean, who maybe, knows? Maybe
1: maybe he loves her. Maybe they. Sh- I don't know. Doesn't matter. He's dead now. He he didn't win either.
0: Yeah, everybody loses. <laughs> yeah,
1: everybody loses. Um, I'm trying to think of a single incidental character besides the cop who doesn't get completely fucked over.
0: I mean, I guess um, all the hippies just got free booze and free parties until he true. canceled the parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they won. They they got something out of it.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and the typewriter typed itself Vendetta over and over and over again just before the cops showed up to find the cat.
0: Oh, yeah. That's weird. Because Vengeful Ghost. Yep. Ghost cat. Yep. Literate vengeful ghost cat. Literate I mean, vengeful again, ghost cat. Satan is the protagonist. Satan's
1: the, uh, Satan's the hero. I thought, yeah. man, this this movie threw me for a loop because for a while it made me hate a cat. <laughs> Not because it's the cat's fault, but because this guy was using the cat as a type of uh, as a type of psychological and physical abuse, and that's
0: yeah, that does uh, suck. Although it it reduces the blow to know that uh, she sucks too a lot, like everybody. Oh, yes. Yeah, but you don't
1: find out that she sucks until, like, the very end.
0: Well, we kind of know she's already an unpleasant buzzkill, and she kind of is... Well, terrible she right from the start sucks, She's...
1: but she doesn't suck enough to be like in a no. domestically abusive relationship no at
0: that we point learn we learn as things go that just everybody's awful and it's just a whole bunch of people being awful to each other
1: yeah nobody's good like
0: and and that's sort of like if you're used to this sort of thing if you're used to the uh, this period of uh, Giallo's stuff. I mean, that's kind of par for the course. It's just a whole bunch of people who are being awful to each other. You kind of just revel in the sleaze and gore of it all.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I definitely felt the sleaze every time Oliviero was on the screen. I was like, take a shower, dude. Take a sh- <laughs> go in the shower. You need a shower.
0: Just like he's it's, an oily guy. Looks-
1: yeah. Yeah. So that was that was. Your Vice is a Locked... Oh, oh my God. Hey. That was Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key.
0: Hell of a title. Which uh, so, thoughts really overall.
1: reflective on anything that happens in the movie.
0: No, not really. It's a strange but title. it's a great title. Such a great title. It, it grabs you. So your, your yeah. thoughts overall on the film.
1: I liked it. Um, I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot better when... Like, I didn't like it at first because it was... Because honestly, like I had just come off of a really bad, like a kind of a bad day at work, and then I, just to watch this sleaze bag just be shitty, I was like, Ugh, I'm not into this right now. But then it got really good once we started introducing the characters, and
0: you just started to get a feel for crazy, how sleazy it all is. Yeah, it gets yeah, it, weird fast.
1: It gets weird fast, and like the convoluted identity of the killer. Uh, Like each person almost was killed by a different person, which wasn't not did not expect that.
0: And it looks really good. It's very well shot, very expressive. None of the
1: killers are who we think the killer's gonna be. Right. Because we you just assume it's this guy, but it's not this guy, but he doesn't do anything to try to like prove his innocence.
0: Yeah, it's super convoluted. There there are so many characters to keep track of that you don't know that you're supposed to be keeping track of or that haven't yeah. been introduced until way, way late.
1: Yeah, yeah, or remember this guy from the train? Yeah, I thought he was just an extra.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's energetic. Like, there's a it real is. energy to it. It moves really fast. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun.
1: Yeah. Um, there there are a lot of shots that I found were just, it might have been my TV, but they were just too dark. I couldn't tell what was going on, particularly uh, the first, well, any killing with the escaped mental patient, actually, which I think is probably intentional now that I think about it.
0: Yeah, so like, because you're not allowed, not able to see his face, I think, necessarily. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah but but then, <laughs> but then when you do with the second killing, because that's only about, maybe half an hour in i'm like we're seeing the guy's face already and right. it's not the guy.
0: Yeah, cuz it's, cause it's unrelated. It's just a bunch of different things. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a very a, chaotic film.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot going on, just a lot of a lot of murder, a lot of sex. Um Oh my god, that I need to find out who the actress who plays the niece is for research. <laughs>
0: But yeah, it has a lot of real sleazy, chaotic energy, and that's sort of what I love in uh, the Italian genre cinema of this period. A a lot of just uh, energetic weirdness and gruesomeness and really great use of locations, really beautiful cinematography. I don't know, it's, it's always really well made, even though it's trashy and sleazy as hell
1: it's so trashy. <laughs> uh, I guess the question now is do I recommend it? I'm like I don't know. <laughs> are you into trashy sleazy shit?
0: <laughs> I I certainly am.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. if you are then yeah, this is this is top tier. If you're not then it doesn't matter how good this movie is, this won't be for you.
0: Yeah, oh, you know, oh. like if you're into this sort of stuff, like if you're into the uh, inter giallo and plizioteschi and uh, all of that sort of like weird, there, funky 70s Italian stuff.
1: There is a graphic uh, violence scene when she stabs the cat. It looks really fake, but you look so fake. scissors go into the eyeball and it's
0: still gross. It is gross, but it is extremely fakey. <laughs> but and you see it a bunch of times and it's really fakey every time. But yeah, the, it is It is still unpleasant. It is I
1: still think. upsetting. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to see cats get hurt.
0: Indeed. Oh, and I, I want to give a shout out to Ricky, uh, a friend of mine, someone I work with, who I know listens to the podcast, uh, whose cat recently passed away. Oh, oh no. Uh, yeah, so you know, uh, sorry, uh, all the the cat content on here recently, but uh, it's sort of been the, the stuff we've been watching. But uh, it's just I like always cats. tough. I'll, we love. I'll cats. usually
1: grab it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I. I the cats. I, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We're, we're 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 big cat fans uh, all the time, uh, and Plum making regular appearances. <laughs> Most episodes. <laughs>
1: Uh, irregular you never quite know what She's actually going to do she'll just show Up
0: there usually be a purr Somewhere in there usually uh, Anyway uh, running,
1: knocking things Down
0: uh, did we want to Talk at all about one other movie That we both watched uh, Of sailor suit and machine gun Or yes, is that one but we Maybe talk? because yeah. I
1: think we There's there's definitely enough for That to cover in a whole episode Because that pretty
0: movie fascinating is Dense yeah, so we, we both watched Sailor Suit and Machine Gun on the weekend. This is a new one that just came out from Arrow, uh, who also put out Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. Uh, and it's just, it's this fascinating Yakuza slash Idol movie slash slow cinema. Like very, yeah. very slow.
1: It's it's completely not what I expected. Looking at the uh, the blurb on the back, kind of made me think it was going to be like a, like a comedy parody, but it isn't. It's, um,
0: it's very sincere.
1: It's very sincere. It's about uh, a girl who kind of falls ass backwards into being the leader of a Yakuza gang,
0: a really and... tiny Yakuza gang. So there's four guys in her gang and yeah. she sort of becomes their boss, but also their mom and their sister. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's oh, very yeah. cute but also like it's it's very melancholy. Uh it it tends to be shot from very far away almost all the time. Really mm-hmm. long still shots where we see things play out in the distance.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to say too much more cuz I think mm. this is definitely something that we could cover in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh but a very interesting movie and if you're into slow cinema I recommend it there's a lot of negative reviews of it that I'm seeing of people who uh, saw the plot synopsis and saw the title or the poster and thought something else this is a very slow and melancholy movie it's not an action
1: film it's not a parody (laughs) film it's not really a comedy
0: Um, it is satirical but it's very lightly satirical and it's more just kind of a vibe (laughs) It's
1: good though. It's
0: it's. I good. loved it. I would, yeah, I loved I
1: mean, it a
0: whole lot. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So I think we'll head on into part three. Yay. And we are back for our third and final section where we talk about some movies watched in the past week, and decide what we're going to watch next week. Uh, so one thing that's unusual for this week is uh, we're uh both commemorating covering 50 movies as of last week Uh, since it was our 25th episode last week that uh, totals out 50 movies that we've covered
1: 25 episodes we've been doing this for half a year
0: half a year yeah and uh we so for that uh and also in honor of the holidays just it, it being a festive season uh, we're going to have both uh, the regular stacks and the inactive stacks both just open for choice for the rest of the month. All right. Uh, but first, so I uh, watched a whole lot of stuff this past week, but a couple of them are just set.
1: Is this the one with Garbage Day? I just, sorry, I'm looking at the list.
0: It is not. A uh, uh, different okay. one, but uh, I might watch, I'll probably watch that one in the next week or two. Anyways, because I love both of those movies. Uh, But first up, I watched uh, Star Trek Generations, which is the first of the Next Generation movies. It's sort of the passing of the torch from uh, TOS to Next Gen. And it opens with Kirk's final disastrous mission where, uh, spoiler alert, he dies.
1: (laughs) So is this the one where... Okay, so... I've heard of a trope called dropping a bridge on him. Is that is this where that comes from?
0: Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, so uh, Malcolm McDowell is also involved in this mission that Kirk's on and he's one of these really long-lived species and, like hundreds of years later he's become a supervillain and he's threatening a galaxy with the rocket uh and Basically, Picard has to steal Kirk out of heaven to help him defeat him uh, It's kind of great, honestly. I had a really good time with it it's <laughs> it's... Like, it's goofball it's very silly it's it's wacky as hell. I think it's my favorite of the t well you know it is definitely my favorite of the t n g movies, having watched all of them this past week all right. Uh, Next up is uh, Creature with the Atom Brain, which is the first of the Sam Katzman box. Uh, So this is about a crime boss who hires a former Nazi scientist who uh, revives his dead goons as atomic zombies, uh, which they can— control remotely to kill his enemies and also he can speak through them with his own voice and be like hey remember me i sent this zombie here to kill you that was pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> right on <laughs> uh next up is the ward the final john carpenter film uh it's bad it's as bad as i remembered maybe worse honestly oh really Uh oh it's just boring it's so and gray it's it's a heavily reliant on a twist it's it's the movie based on uh, uh here I'll, I'll just give you the spoilers it turns out twist yeah they're all the same person so it's like a slasher movie where it's this lady who's being kept in a mental ward and uh one by one all of these characters are getting picked off but it turns out they're all personalities of the same person oh, oh okay It sucks. It was really bad. I didn't like it. I didn't like it the first time and I didn't like it this time. (laughs) It's boring.
1: They live it's pretty good.
0: They live rules. Uh, (laughs) This this movie, I don't know. It it needed a few more passes. It just it's it's boring. It's just not good. Mm. I and like I've never really heard anyone defend it much. It's just one of those like, yeah, I mean it is what it is.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've heard anyone even mention this movie besides you
0: yeah well it's such a weird outlier because he made it in 2010 which is like a full nine years after ghosts of mars he had made a couple tv episodes and he's like ah, maybe i'll try making a movie again and he did this and like nobody liked it he's like yeah i'm done (laughs) (laughs) which fair enough i love his and that's what he's having his fun doing now good for him and playing video uh next up phantom of the mall eric's revenge which uh, totally rules it's a phantom of the opera riff where this teenager is left horribly burned after uh, greedy land developers burn his house down because his parents won't sell and they want to buy the land and put up a mall of course so horribly burned he obviously lives in uh the sewer under the mall and he has like a mannequin head that he cut to be like his his Phantom of the Mall his Phantom face mask. Portion. Yeah, his Phantom <laughs> mask. It's like a portion of a, a a mannequin head, which is really fun. And he just, the you know, he Phantom
1: of the shopping mall is there <laughs> inside and the gap.
0: He he just uh, you know kills employees of the mall because you know the the mall got him burned, and put him on his face. It rules.
1: Don't kill the employees. Kill the. Customers kill the management. Don't kill the employees.
0: Well, it's like the guards, uh, like uh, the the security guys. The, the who the security guys are related to the asshole who burned down his house because it's the inscrupulous guy who runs the mall. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, also, security complicated people thing. are cop adjacent. That's true. Uh, and Polly Shore works in the mall. This is. Uh, oh
1: well, then it's definitely got to
0: be burned down. <laughs> this is a 1989 movie. So 1990 is when he hit it big on MTV. So this is him in the exact persona, but not quite there yet. So it's just like, hey, it's the Polly Shore character, but in a really weird, gory slasher movie in a mall. He's just the guy who works at Orange Julius.
1: I remember nothing about Polly Shore's comedy other than I don't like it. <laughs>
0: I honestly, he was pretty fun in this, but oh, okay. it's so distinctly that character, like really yeah. distinctly that same character.
1: It's like how some of the char- some of the comedic actors at that time only had one character, like it's true. Adam Sandler only had one guy until one character until the two thousands. Eh, sort Although of. Apparently, he's branched out.
0: He's definitely branched out. Although I watched Eight Crazy Nights the other night, unrelated to this, and it stinks. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: where? <laughs> why isn't it on the stacks yeah, fuck
0: because i don't own a copy of it <laughs> thankfully <laughs>
1: you're, you're, you're gonna have a collection of every single dvd in the or <laughs> blu-ray in the world except for eight crazy nights and, and it's gonna be like you're gonna have the indiana jones warehouse and all the nazis are thinking you're after the eight crazy nights but you're not
0: I don't want it. Uh, there there are movies that I've watched that are much worse than Eight Crazy Nights. There are movies that I own that are much worse than Eight Crazy Nights, but it is very, very bad. It's bad. Uh, next up is Star Trek First Contact, because I watched all four of these. Uh, so First Contact is kind of their Wrath of Khan. Uh, obviously, okay. it's the second one. It's the big action one. It's really streamlined. Uh, to be fair, that doesn't really fit these characters as well. Uh, yeah
1: they're the the next (laughs) gender crew Hmm.
0: yeah it's it and the the stakes just aren't really as high well sort of it's it's weird this one's a borg one but the borg go back in time to like post world war three and they go to where the work core was initially developed and they're going to uh, stop first contact from happening with the Vulcans, which is what allows the Federation to start existing. Okay. So it's a pretty complex thing, but it's a lot of just shoot 'em up action. Uh, it's it's fun. It's it's a good time, but it does feel more TV based than Wrath of Khan did because I mean it's directed by Frakes, mm. uh, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, he's the director. Fiction. Not <laughs> true.
1: I love that never I can't happened. remember that show he did
0: never uh, happened. Factor, Yeah. Uh truth oh uh, I re- think it was factor fact fiction fiction Yeah, yeah something I, like yeah. that. I've watched that montage many a time. It's brilliant. It's
1: a good one. It's a good montage.
0: And I love Frakes on uh next gen. I, I like I love him as Riker, but and, and like honestly, he's totally fine as the director of this one, although it does feel more T V bound. But the next one which I also watched and we'll we'll just sort of jump forward. It doesn't really matter the order of these. I also watched Insurrection, which he directed. And I'd say it's the final frontier of the uh, next gen series. And I'd say it's worse. So So the
1: final frontier, you you had said was like the worst one in the originals,
0: right? Yes, this is worse than that. But it's similar to it in that it's just this really goofy, self-indulgent thing.
1: Wouldn't that make this the worst Star Trek movie, then?
0: That is correct. I would say that this is the worst one. Uh, Altogether, the worst one. Uh, It's... uh, Have have you seen Terry Gilliam's Brazil?
1: You know, I haven't. It's been on my radar for years.
0: It's a great movie. We'll we'll totally have to watch it sometime. But there's this lady in it who has... uh, Who's getting, like, lots and lots of plastic surgery. So her face is really stretchy. And... That's basically the aliens in this movie. They look completely ludicrous. It's very silly. Yeah, it's weird. It's a remake of an earlier episode of the series. It's got this whole really elaborate conspiracy. It's just, it's dumb. It's very, very dumb. (laughs) All right. Uh, And I guess let's also finish off the, the Trek ones. The last one is Nemesis, which is the finale to the TNG series. It's really loud, it's very drab, it's very downbeat. Uh it came out in 2002. It feels post 9/11. It just feels like everybody's drained and tired.
1: I'm looking at the box art and it doesn't look like a Star Trek movie. It looks like 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 an alien movie but not one of the good ones.
0: Yeah, it's very dark, like grim dark. There, it's about a Picard clone who's a Romulan. He's played by Tom Hardy, a very young Tom Hardy. Oh, whoa. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, and it's a little bit better than Insurrection. Like, it's trying to do more. It's sort of trying to give it a bit more of a dignified finale. But it's so drab and it feels so drained of energy. And it's just downbeat. Like, spoiler alert, one of the main characters is killed off at the end. Oh, which was like, I mean, interesting in terms of stakes, but it it's also weird just given the arc of the rest of the movies. I don't know. I didn't like it, but it, it's slightly better than Insurrection. OK. Uh, And I got feeling kind of festive. I watched Jack Frost, which is the 1997 one, the killer snowman movie, not the Michael Keaton one. Now this, um,
1: I'm looking at the box art for this one on the, on the page and that (laughs) is a great cover. (laughs) It's like this white skeleton skull thing, but it's, it is, it's made out of like, well, it's a snowman, but it's a skull.
0: So I thought, have you seen this movie? Did we watch this before? Oh, I thought I watched this with you at some point. Uh. It's one I do watch pretty much every christmas or every December at least it's really fun it's a it's very heightened it's very absurd. It's a fairy tale starting, but like it's about this serial killer who's being transported through snowmanton <laughs> <laughs> okay. and it's like he's going through one of those Christmas romantic comedy towns by oh. accident, and then his His transport gets derailed, but they're also carrying this experimental liquid, and he gets uh, disintegrated by it, but he becomes a living snowman. Like, he becomes made of snow, and so he appears as a snowman and kills people.
1: Is this the same mysterious liquid that also got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Daredevil?
0: It seems more.
1: Canonically, they are the same thing.
0: Those two are the same thing. This one, I think, is more like. It it seems like the same stuff that the T-1000 is made out of. So it's like that, except he's a snowman (laughs) in Snowminton. Uh, It's very ridiculous. It's very heightened. It's quite self-aware, but it's fun. Good times. All right. Uh, Next up, The Werewolf, uh, which is next from the Sam Katzman box, which is like a werewolf noir movie. Uh, It's an atomic-powered werewolf, because all of these Sam Katzman movies, these horror ones, are uh, atomic monsters. So it's an atomic werewolf for some reason. Uh, He, you know, mad scientist experiment created him. uh, And it's just, he's sort of loose in this small, snowy mountain town. It's very quiet. It's very uh, chill. It's it's interesting. I've always kind of dug it. I've seen all of these movies before because I had a previous set of Sam Katz movies on DVD that was the same four. Oh okay. fun. Uh, next up is Genocide, which is about a Holocaust survivor who's completely embittered against humanity. And she breeds these intelligent insects that can cause hallucination and death. And she gets them to steal a nuke for her so she can end the world.
1: So, <laughs> one of these things is not like the other.
0: <laughs> you got,
1: okay, insect people, Nuke 2, ends the world, Holocaust survivor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay, weird. I can understand, or I, I, I can
0: It's a very strange movie. What's weird about it, though, is it's very low-key like there's a lot of just talking in rooms i would say 75 percent of the movie even though it's a movie about killer bugs that cause hallucinations like psychedelic killer bugs
1: oh right i missed the psychedelic part
0: yeah it's very strange uh but yeah weird uh very funky stuff Mm. uh next up silent night deadly night the classic santa slasher Uh, This one is my absolute favorite. I'd say it's my second favorite slasher movie after Halloween. Uh, it's, It's so weird because it goes an incredibly long distance to create a reality in which this guy does become a slasher dressed as Santa Claus. And why specifically he has this psychology related to Santa Claus and punishment and it has him as an orphan and it's it's just so weird a
1: super detailed
0: backstory an incredibly detailed like the first hour is his backstory oh okay basically although we we get you know some some stuff along the way uh yeah it's it's so crazy it's very grimy uh i love it i i totally love it just a very weird movie full of christmasy stuff too like just a wash in Christmas stuff. There's a, a period where he's just working in a toy store. So you get a lot of 80s toys in the background, which is fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love right it. On. Totally love it. Uh, next up is Zombies of Moritao. Uh, next in the Sam Katzman box. This one's Underwater Zombies, which are guarding a bunch of gold coins under uh, in this sunken ship that they were all on. Uh, you can only tell they're zombies because they have seaweed on them. <laughs> the, the effects are cheap. Uh, it's It's got really fun underwater effects, though, because, I mean, obviously they couldn't shoot underwater, so they just have the zombies, again, with their requisite sprig of seaweed. Uh, and our heroes are in diving suits that blow bubbles. It's <laughs> great. It's pretty fun. Yes
1: like the kind of bubbles you'd blow in your backyard.
0: Kinda with the like little I,
1: bubble wands.
0: I, I think more consistent like it's like they have a device in the helmet that just has bubbles emerging from the top of their head all the time. It's funny. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, good stuff. And of course I also watched The Giant Claw c- completing the Sam Katzman set, which we've already covered, but mm-hmm. it's still such a great movie. I absolutely It's love.
1: so good. That's just the reveal of the monster.
0: La Carcagna.
1: <laughs> After all this, like serious. Oh, it, it's it is a good one. It's a good one.
0: It's a delight. It's just such a favorite. I I love it every time. I laugh so much. Uh, and uh, last thing is, I watched all of the rest of the Gay Girls Riding Club movies. Oh uh, yes. So I, I have that represented here by All About E or All About Alice, which is their. Ah, uh, longest film. it's ah uh, it's uh, sixty eight minutes. It's the only one that's more than an hour. and it's in color and has full dialogue. and it's their version of all about Eve. And it's pretty faithful for the most part, o- although you know, obviously entirely performed in drag. Uh, I really liked Spy on the Fly, which was their spy movie just sort of their spy parody movie. And it's about this guy who's just this very straight laced agent. uh, And he has to replace an agent who is undercover in a gay bar in drag because uh, that agent gets killed by a rogue hairdryer, I think (laughs) electrocuted with the hairdryer, like in a, in a salon. So this guy has to go undercover in drag and, you know, obviously over the course of doing so, uh, he comes to realize that he loves it. <laughs> nice, it's great. That's nice. yeah, really fun. Uh, and, you know, it's it's just really cool to see all of these, this really interesting snapshot of basically an emerging subculture at the time. So, like, this is early 60s to, like, it, it runs from, they run from 62 to 72 in San Francisco. So, like, when it's first, like, able to be a public thing. Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so those are the options for next week for the second feature. What do you figure?
1: Well, I am figuring as soon as you said second favorite slasher movie after Halloween, you sold me immediately because I've watched a lot of slashers before and since, and some have been quite good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Halloween, I'm I'm still saying is probably the best one, but uh, yeah. I want to see Silent Night, Deadly Night now.
0: Heck yeah, uh, you I, kinda, I'm a you big sold fan of it. It's it's a really interesting one. It's really grungy. It's got Linnea Quigley in it. Uh, a oh, spider. she
1: was uh, yeah from that uh, the sorority, sorority babes. babes.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, one of her earliest appearances. Oh, cool. Uh, she's in that, yeah, really fun stuff. Okay, so there's only a handful of, of additions because obviously I did two full series there, which is why it was sort of a longer group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. First up, uh, we're not quite done with Carpenter. I've got the two uh, scripts that he wrote that uh, movies were made that he didn't direct. Uh, So first up is Eyes of Laura Mars, which is about this fashion model who can see through the eyes of a serial killer when he's killing people. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And it's sort of like his American version of a giallo. It's taking place in the high fashion world of New York. Uh, And it's directed by Irvin Kershner, who did Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh, right. Yeah,
0: you were telling me about this one. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while, but I recall it being pretty fun. Okay. Uh, Next up is Toys Are Not For Children, uh, which looks like a really weird, grungy one. This is an Arrow release. It's about this newly married young woman who is obsessed with toys and daddy. Oh, boy. She makes friends with a sex worker and gets drawn into prostitution as a way of just kind of living out her weird fantasies. All right, uh, and I all think right. there are a series of toy-related murders. Uh, it sounds really crazy and grungy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Tomb of Ligeia, which is a uh, Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Roger Corman joint. Uh, this one is where... Vincent Price's dead wife Comes back from the dead as a cat Just to fuck with him
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does he have the Vincent Price voice As the cat?
0: Uh, No uh, He is being fucked with It's his dead wife Comes back as a cat To mess with him (laughs) Uh, And lastly uh, Shiva baby which is a very recent movie. I think this one's from 2020 or 2019. It's about this this girl who goes to uh, sit Shiva with her parents. Uh, so it's a Jewish grieving thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and she's at this family, Shiva, and her ex-girlfriend shows up. And also she's uh, being supported by a sugar daddy while she's going to college. And her sugar daddy shows up with his wife uh and they're they're just all there and it's horribly embarrassing oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's all the additions just a, a handful there but uh as uh, i i think i mentioned we're uh both choosing from either the stacks or the inactive stacks since it's uh holiday time
1: yeah so i'm looking i'm going into the inactive stacks first because
0: haven't done so in a while
1: haven't done so in a while, and they're not always, they're not always around. True. So, let's see. What do we have in here? I lose all the pop-ups.
0: <laughs> Those are terrible for the mobile <sighs> site.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, there's some interesting stuff in here. Well, why don't we, oh, wait, what's that? Oh, gosh, there's so much. Ah!
0: Well, we we did run pretty short for our other sequences, so we can uh, kind of dilly-dally a bit here if we feel like it.
1: All right. Um. So the Godzilla that you have on there, is that the first one?
0: That's the original, yes.
1: Okay, cool. And, oh, The Great Dictator is a classic. I love that one. Totally. What is Dead Next Door?
0: Uh, so that's one I watched in October. That's the shot on video one that was financed by Sam Raimi. Uh, oh, okay. The the really elaborate, uh, just really low budget, but still uh, just lots of effects, lots of zombies, just basically a, a post-zombie, like, real takeover uh, movie. All right. That's, that could be interesting. Um
1: Oh, Heat! That's that Al Pacino one, isn't it?
0: Al Pacino and De Niro—the first time the two of them shared a scene together in a movie.
1: Oh, okay. I've heard. I've been hearing about this one for years. and I haven't seen it.
0: It is a masterpiece. I, I will warn you, though, it is super long. Super uh, long. It, like it, it kind of flies by. I'm always surprised that it's as long as it is, but it is nearly three hours.
1: Oh gosh, I. Yeah, so okay, be warned. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of me being able to sit down for three hours at a time. I don't know. Uh, well, how's about, you know what? Let's do the first Godzilla. I haven't seen it and we've covered a few different kaiju franchises.
0: Alrighty, righty. Yeah. Uh, the original Godzilla totally rules. Uh, much more somber film than you'd expect. All right, so uh what was the other one? <laughs> uh oh, Silent Night Deadly Night. That's right. Silent it was. Night Deadly Night. All yeah. right. Uh yeah, that's an interesting pairing. Uh yes, it so is. next week we're we're kicking off a gory Christmas with uh uh Silent Night Deadly Night and Godzilla, the original from 54.
1: Yeah, I I can't I want them to release Joe V Volcano the Snyder cut.
0: <laughs> what what would you envision there?
1: You got sixteen guns. What do you get? And then he just you know it it it's not good. Don't get me wrong. It isn't a good movie, but he just shoots up the the workplace and nobody says jokes. Well, I haven't there, there, seen Batman v Superman.
0: I I assume there can't be anyone who's heroic. No, <laughs> although I guess no. he's not heroic. Well, like, they're they're trying to get him in on the thing in terms of being a hero, but he is not. He he is never really heroic in the film. He's courageous.
1: Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, no. It's it's different actually. Yeah. He doesn't really. Well, he saves her from the uh, drowning.
0: That's true. Like he he has courage, and you know we, he is a former firefighter, and uh, that he he uh, is not able to do that anymore because he's developed PTSD from uh, doing something heroic there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh So obviously, you know, he, he couldn't be in a Zack Snyder movie because he's a hero. <laughs>
1: Unless they just butchered his character.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they could just totally go ahead and do that. They've done lots of that. That's fun. <laughs> 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 anyway, people, thanks so much for listening and keep watching the stacks.